0: Well, it's been more than a month now since Hurricane Fiona tore through Atlantic Canada. We talked about it a lot on this show. They're still cleaning up and assessing the damage more than 30 days later. Early indications already show that payouts will be the highest of any extreme weather event to hit that part of this country. It's already estimated that insurers will pay out $660 million. Forget the non-insured because there's a lot of those too. But $660 million, that makes Fiona one of the 10 most expensive disasters for the industry in Canadian history. And part of the reason for that is just how much of the area was hit with damage, really, to all four Atlantic provinces, plus îles de la Madeleine, the Magdalen Islands in Quebec. One of the hard hit areas was Nova Scotia's Cape Breton. And we spoke to Regional Municipality Mayor Amanda McDougall as the storm was bearing down on her region a month ago.
1: It's happening. The rain is coming down. Uh, the wind is picking up. Even in the quietness of a house, you you can hear it. And I know uh, you're, if you were out and about, which we really, really strongly encourage people not to, you would see the lights on in all the houses because I think we're all just sitting vigil, making sure the ho our homes are okay, our neighbors are okay, and uh, waiting, waiting for what's to come in the middle of the night.
0: Well, what came in the middle of the night was destructive. Uh, The kinds of winds that people there had never remembered seeing before. It was a storm of epic proportions in Cape Breton, ripping up trees, damaging homes, and so forth. And again, a month later, they're still not finished the cleanup, let alone the rebuild. Uh, Downed trees are a big problem, but so is red tape, of course, and a lack of labor to do all the work that needs to be done. So we decided to go back to Cape Breton today and Find Amanda McDougall again, uh, the mayor of the Cape Breton Regional Municipality, to find out exactly what's going on there now. Welcome back. Thanks for your time.
1: Nice to speak with you again.
0: Well, last we spoke, I mean, we at first it was Fiona was bearing down, and then it had done its damage. Um, a month later, how are things looking? How much worse was it than we thought it would be, or was it was it not as bad?
1: Oh no, it was it was worse. We are still dealing with the impact of Fiona thirty. 30- plus days in. None of us have seen in my time anyhow, and, and what I'm hearing from our older generations in the community um, and their time as well, a storm of this magnitude and, and negative impact, really. You know, we're used to wind, but this was exceptional. Yeah.
0: So where are we now? I've seen there's still people um, who haven't been able to return home, many from the same sort of same apartment complex, I think, but there are still people out. There was one gentleman who was still without power. There's still sort of recovery going on.
1: Most certainly. And, you know, it's um, as much as I don't like saying it, it's true. We're going to be in recovery for a long time. Um, we're fortunate as a municipality in terms of our infrastructure. We we fared out pretty well. But when it comes to those things like actually getting many of those downed trees that are still around removed, repairing sidewalks and what have you. But that doesn't compare to the ha- the damage to people's homes. Um, there are people who are unable to do the um, recovery and renovation work and repair work to their homes because there are still trees on their homes. And just to kind of paint a picture for, for the listening audience we're not talking about a Christmas tree here. We're talking about a 100 plus year old trees, big poplar trees in some instances that are just, it's so precarious and dangerous to remove them. You have to be very skilled because if you cut a tree in the wrong way, you can cause more damage to the house. I think we just got approval today for an area in Sydney, the Ashby area. Um, the province is going to foot the bill that 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 we give them to have a whole line of huge trees removed down that way. And oh. it's, it's a slow process because, I mean, Glace Bay, I was out in Sydney Mines last night. There's still a remarkable amount of debris.
0: And, and speaking of money, how is that coming along? We knew it would be expensive. I was just talking to uh, Andrew, I was talking to someone in Newfoundland, of course, with the storm surges there, insurance didn't cover a lot of it, and that's a real problem for them. How's it looking for Cape Breton in terms of just where the money is going to come from for rebuilding, how insurance is working out for your, for your municipality?
1: Yeah, I think you know we're still very much figuring that out. Um, I know one person reached out to me early days in Fiona and said there were 10 plus trees hindering access to her property on her driveway. So to have those trees removed, it was $33,000. Wow, a really remarkable amount of money. And then I heard from her yesterday saying that the disaster financial assistance didn't cover that. So her worry is that's half of her salary for a year. So There are situations like that. There are situations I'm understanding through insurance that it's not the tree that they cover, it's the impact of the tree due to wind. And so removing a tree from a house, that will be covered. Removing the tree from your property, that is not. And so it's really been challenging. And as a municipality, we've been advocating on behalf of residents, trying to expedite Clarity and um, action, really, of disaster financial assistance money. So we did hear the federal government come out with $300 million. We don't really know the details yet about how that's going to reach people. There is money coming from the province by way of, I think, $100 for lost food, $250 for help and tree removal, different little pots of money like that. But, you know, it's going to take a long time for us to really understand what the dollar amount is.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like you're getting at least the clarity and the help that you need so far?
1: No, I no. don't. Yeah, um, These these things, these rollouts and announcements of money and funding is great. And the money that's been going through the Red Cross is, is just absolutely phenomenal. That's getting into the hands of people, keeping them in hotels when they need to. But we we need people on the ground. And that's what we've been really asking for since day one, right? Is to make sure that we had resources by way of people and skilled people who could help with those trees, it's been really tough and we're waiting and advocating and slowly getting there. But yeah.
0: yeah. In the meantime, the seasons are changing, right? Winter's on the way. So I'm sure people are worried about that, not being able to go home or at least still have it having damage to their homes as winter sets in. And then as we well know in this country, everything kind of slows down when it comes to, to that kind of work. Right.
1: So the other piece of this is that there are all, only so many hands that are able to do the work that is needed, repair work, renovation work, uh, tree removal work, any of that and hearing from folks saying i i think i'm like 10th on the list for this one contractor so that's also really tough like we only have so many resources here on this island and it may be (sighs) 20 plus degrees here today but that's going to change very quickly the rain the wind the winter it i've never ever felt this anxiety about the seasonal change
0: yeah i can imagine and just when it comes to longer term i mean i know a lot of people across Fiona's path have started to look at how to build back better. I know that's a term we've used a lot. Maybe it's lost a bit of its meaning, but uh, it feels like this is an opportunity. Have you sensed uh, in your area that people are looking at how to build back a little bit differently just given what they've gone through?
1: Well, it's interesting. Um, Absolutely. And we saw that happen in the floods as well, right? People do things differently. But I'm hearing a lot from people saying, I thought I was prepared for the storm. I clearly was not. And so precautionary things like purchasing larger generators, upgrading electrical panels. I know in my house, it just, it's coincidental that we're working on our kitchen a bit, but putting, we're putting in a propane stove, things like that. Like how do we change our every day to be more prepared for what what we know is going to be more frequent and severe weather events. From a municipal standpoint, that is also very important in terms of long-term planning and infrastructure. You know, usually we're, We're just always thinking about when is the next rainstorm? This wind just changed everything. So we need to do things like proactively be working with the telecommunications companies. We cannot be without phone again. That period of time where we could not make phone calls, text messages, the lack of communication was absolutely terrifying.
0: Yeah. How long was that again? That was a while, wasn't it?
1: it? It was different for different people. I know one of my council members just got his phone back on the 25th of October.
0: That's a month. That's a month. That's a month. Amanda Amanda McDougall, thank you so much for the update. Uh, Good luck with the continued rebuild and and the recovery. And uh, we'll talk to you again to catch up. It's important, I think, to make sure that we check in every once in a while to see how things are going. So often these stories sort of drift off the pages and people stop watching, but we shouldn't.
1: Well, thank you. No, and and, and it's been a pleasure to, to talk to you throughout this whole process.